Our guest, distinguished guest, Michael Zanian, assistant managing editor of Forbes Media and co-host of Forbes Sports Money on the Yes Network. And Jeff Kilberg, chief investment officer at Sanctuary Wealth, who will probably give us a highlight for Notre Dame football. Kind of what he does. And by the way, speaking of Notre Dame football, Michael Zanian, I know uh, Judge hit two home runs last night. Okay, good for him. But, you know, the Yanks kind of look this year like the Yanks of last year and the year before. If they don't hit the long ball, they don't score any runs. Although I'll say this, LeMahieu, who is my favorite guy, he's, a, he's starting to be his contact hitter again. I guess he's healthy. Uh, yeah, that's right. He was hurt all last year. Well, since we're the kind of guys that are always looking for the green shoots in life, <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will leave you with this that this is the best start after this many games the Yankees have ever had with Aaron Boone. Uh, so there's that positive note. And also, I think you're going to see a trade. I think our friend Joey Gallo, I think the realization has come that yeah. New York might not be the best fit for him. Get rid of him. So, Get yeah, rid of I him. I think he's going to be gone. So, you know, we've got some adjustments. Judge is starting to heat up. And the biggest thing as longtime baseball fans, I think we agree that pitching yeah. is the most important part of the game, particularly as you get towards the big games and hopefully the postseason. Our pitching has been very good, even without Garrett Cole pitching well. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's some green shoots there. I'm I'm optimistic. All right. You're optimistic. More optimistic about the Yankees than the stock market. <laughs> yes. That's the key. That's the key. All right. So we had a, another rough week, Mike Ozanian. Uh, you know, the headlines are interest rates, some bad earnings surprises. I mean, earnings are not all bad, but there were some bad surprises out yesterday, I guess, in the healthcare sector. A more aggressive Fed. So, Mike Ozanian, how do you read it? I think we're only at the beginning stages of a bear market. I think the stock market's going to get worse. I think the economy's going to get worse. And I think what investors have started to realize is that all this inflation that we've seen in the last few months is starting to, is starting to get to corporate profits. Because you look at companies from Nestle to Procter & Gamble to all these big multinationals, they're coming out and talking about how much their huge increases in costs are for their products. And, you know, we've seen in everything from fertilizer to other commodities and one way or another, that's going to hurt corporate profits because either the companies themselves are not going to pass on, uh, be able to pass on the price increases. And if they try to, with real wages hurting, they're not going to sell as much product. So I think that's the big stickler right now. I believe Chairman Powell uh, is way, way, way behind the inflation curve here. I don't even know if he's started to tighten the money supply yet, which I think at some point he's going to have to. Yeah, it's still growing around 10, 12 percent. And they're cutting back on the so-called balance sheet, monetary base, but they're doing a a little less than a hundred billion a month. They, they got to move that thing down by, I don't know, three or 4 trillion. And they should be going, look, I Kilberg get you in here, Mr. Notre Dame. I got, you got, they should be, they're talking about 50 basis points in May. There's a Wall Street rumor whispering about 75 basis points. They should do 100 basis points. In other words, if you get to 3%, let's just say the target rate right now is a quarter to a half. The Fed is saying they want to get it to, what, two and a half by year end. 
uh, maybe near 3% sometime next year. How the hell does that work? If the inflation rate is 10 and their target rate is 2.5 to 3, that's nothing. That's nothing. I mean, Volcker raised real rates humongously. I mean, I don't think – Jay Powell doesn't have the backbone or the you-know-what to do that. He doesn't, Larry, and you're absolutely right. And, I mean, he's a chicken hawk at the end of the day. This is one of the most dovish feds <laughs> we saw. An absolute 180-degree turnaround after being so accommodative. But to your point, when you talk about the balance sheet, I think you're absolutely right. And I know, Mike, I love your work. I love the stuff you put out there. That Your view right now seems to be a glass half empty and maybe leaking, where I'm more optimistic. My glass is half full, and it is because of the fact that I think that balance sheet – they should be reducing it. But let's go back to last year. Why were they purchasing anymore? Mm-hmm. So they've been so behind the curve. They have to do something. However, I think the dovish nature of Fed Chairman Paul, he's, he flowed the balloon, and that's why we saw stocks really close on a sour note this week, because they are going to do the 50 basis points. You're absolutely right, Larry. They should be doing 75 or 100, but they're not. I don't believe they are, because that would be a misstep, because so much uncertainty. If you think of what they were betting on, they were betting on this transition from goods to services to kind of naturally bring down the inflation, but that hasn't abated because we really haven't seen the global economy truly reopen. We've had fits and starts. We've had Omicron. We've had Delta, every variant. We're still in lockdowns over in Asia. So I think this earnings season has been a really nice cross-section. Next week, we have 180 S&P 500 names. We're really hitting the stride. So one-third of the S&P 500. I think by far, what's been the narrative? The narrative is people are really flocking towards, at least investors are, some of these industrial defensive names. We're seeing the shift out of growth to value because the 10-year note moved from 150 basis points to Mm. start this year to nearly 3%. So there's a lot to digest, but the one thing I'd kind of, I'm going to come up for here in a second here, and I'll tell you, I'm actually in South Bend right now, Larry. We should be talking about Marcus Freeman and how amazingly fantastic he is. He's hosting 300 former football players this weekend here. Are you trying Uh, out, Jeff? Are you you going to go into (laughs) spring practice? I think I got one series left to me. Who am I kidding? <laughs> I got one play. Left. <laughs> but, but to come up for air, I would say I'm optimistic on a lot of this, what's going on, but it's the velocity we've seen. It's been surreal, sensational. You, you would think I'm crazier than I actually am, Larry, if I told you the 10 year note was going to double in basis points. No, no, listen, wait so a minute. I got, right? I, I, I don't know, six months ago, I said 3% when it was one and a half. But, you know, Mike Ozanian. This is a situation – first of all, the bond market is in transition because it's beginning to figure out that the Fed is not going to peg the long-term rates. The Fed is not going to be there. Now, they will still be there to some extent, but less and less and less. So you got a bond market in transition. Rates are going to go much higher. So to Kilberg's point, Mike, if the Fed works slow – That just means inflation is more intense for longer and the rates are going to wind up having to go higher. If the Fed goes fast and tightens, which is what I wanted to do, you're still going to have a shock effect. So you just can't buy bonds. You can't buy bonds right now. I wouldn't buy bonds. Um, And the the other problem is um, I I definitely hear what Jeff's talking about, you know, coming out of the pandemic. and And I definitely agree that that's positive. But the difference is when we were coming out of the pandemic and things were starting to get better because of the vaccines and stuff, we left behind with President Trump positive pro-growth tax and regulatory environments and, and regulations. So 
coming out of this, we now are going to try to get deal with this inflation and tightening in an anti-business, anti-growth tax right. and regulation. And I think that when we contrast that with when Volcker was fighting inflation and what Reagan did, it's you can't compare. It's completely, completely different. And Reagan was cutting taxes. This guy exactly wants to raise right. taxes. Reagan was deregulating. This guy wants to re-regulate. You know, I, we talked earlier in the show, Mike, about these NEPA restrictions. You're not going to have another building project, roads, highways, uh, turbines, uh, fracking. They're going to cut all of that off because of these crazy left-wing, woke, climate change which, by the way, infects the Fed, Jeff Kilberg. The Fed is woke. And they, I mean, they, if these guys get, they're all going to get, I, I assume they're going to get through the three nominees. We did get, we got rid of the worst one. But there's another one in there, this, uh, what's her name, Lisa Cook. I mean, she's just utterly woke. That's why, I don't, look, long run, buy stocks. That's my view. Stocks for the long run. The cavalry's coming. You're going to see a big change in politics come November. So it's okay. Short run. Short run. uh, I don't know. I got to take a break. I'm just going to say short run. Oh, my gosh. Mike Ozanian, assistant managing editor of Forbes and co-host of Forbes Sports Money on Yes Network. Jeff Kilberg, chief investment officer at Sanctuary Wealth and the assistant Notre Dame football coach. I'm Larry Kudlow. We'll be right back after this. Now, back to the Larry Kudlow Show. All right, welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking about a a difficult and disappointing stock market and related matters. It's a tough period. Mike Ozani, assistant managing editor of Forbes Media and co-host of the great show, Sports Money Yes Network. You know, Mike, I've been watching your show. Very, I appreciate it. Very, Thank very you good. so much. I appreciate it. Very kind of you. No, it's very good. And it's very good because of your tremendous knowledge. Jeff Kilberg, Chief Investment Officer at Sanctuary Wealth, who's uh, trying out for Notre Dame football spring. Fellas, <laughs> <laughs> let me just posit this. Um, industrial and agriculture commodities are rising still, rising. The five-year CPI break-evens rising. They're up to 3.5%. The 10-year note nominally is now moving towards 3%. So I don't care what saber-rattling the Fed is doing, Jay Powell and all that. Indicators are showing more inflation, not less. Wall Street has this Panglossian view that inflation is peaking and it's going to come down. I mean, it might come down for a month or something because of energy. But, um, Mike Ozanian, I don't see inflation coming down. That's all. And I think, I think therefore, kind of these worst-case trends are going to continue. Yeah, I agree. And another thing that I really focus on, you know, the two things really that are the best bellwether for me in terms of the direction of the market corporate profits, which we've talked about, but mm-hmm. also the dollar. Is the dollar strong? Is the dollar stable? And the answer clearly is no. And I think, unfortunately, that's going to remain the case for the next several months for what we were talking about with Powell's policies prior to the break. I do think you could play this, though, with, like, say, an ETF that's into commodities. I mean, commodities, mm-hmm. 
but up, up you know, up significantly year to date with the market down. Uh, so, like, you know, if you look at an Invesco ETF, ticker symbol DBC, I think that's a great place to park some money. Um, and then because I'm just not all academic here and I, and I like to go with my heart, too, there's a piece of me that really <laughs> likes Twitter. And maybe it's just because I'm really rooting for Elon Musk. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, there's some arbitrage there. The stock is down a lot. It's not, you know, look, he's one of the smartest, most successful entrepreneurs in the history of this country. And he saw great value there. So just like some people like to ride on Warren Buffett's coattail, mm. you know, I, I think an investment in Twitter in the long term is a good idea. Oh, I love that. I love that. First of all, he's my free speech hero. I agree with you. He's the smartest entrepreneur ever. But also, I don't know if you saw the latest. I just saw a piece of it this morning. Um, he might combine Twitter, Tesla, and SpaceX. Right. Now, that is very cool. And he can raise the money. He can raise the money. Of course he can raise the money. Jeff Kilberg, would you buy that? Of course, you might not buy it. He might take it all private. But what do you think of the uh, scenarios from uh, Elon Musk? That could be one plus one plus one equal to about seven. So, yeah. 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 More importantly, Larry, if you don't want to buy Elon, you definitely don't want to short Elon. And that's Mm. been evident in the Tesla stock. But what's interesting, just kind of add on to what Mike, we're really focused because I do believe, too, that this is the opportunity to be picking sectors as well as individual Mm. stocks. And, you know, I know one of your favorite songs out there is Justin Timberlake's bringing sexy back, but you know what's sexy these days, Larry? <laughs> it's boring stocks. It's bringing back boring stocks. So we talk about our essential 40 names. These are the names I kind of got forgotten about. Nutrien, Archer Daniel Midlands, EPD, Dow Chemical, of course, Berkshire, Delta, Duke Energy, Chubb, some of those names that had no love. So as we see this grappling wrestling match from growth to value, you are seeing boring become sexy again. And then the last thing I'd say is why I'm a little bit more optimistic in how some of the tangible, you know, you see this inflation, you feel this inflation, but what's offset by it? We are going to see a record buyback this year. Last year, $882 billion of stock was purchased back, repurchased by companies in 2021. Goldman, our friends at Goldman, are forecasting it's going to be over a trillion dollars in buybacks. That's a bit in the market, right, Larry? So they're going to buy it back cheap as it's falling. That's right. Well, all right. Well, that's, you know, I don't like buybacks, but that's a semi-intelligent strategy. I will grant you that. Uh, I just want to say, Michael Zanian, you know, the funny thing is you mentioned the dollar. The dollar is very weak against commodity indexes, real resources, but it's actually very strong against other currencies, the DXY. But here's to complete this conundrum, and I'm not sure I understand this. So the strong dollar, but import prices are soaring. Import prices increased 12.5%. For the 12 months ending in March, even with the dollar that is strong against other currencies. Yeah, I would trust and lean much towards the dollar versus commodities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, your friend, Mr. Taylor, I, I love the Taylor rule. Mm-hmm. I just believe that. And, you know, I know everything that I've been talking about here are things that are probably not in vogue anymore in Washington, but I, I believe that. I think things like gold and commodities are a much better indicator of the strength mm-hmm. in the dollar than, than yeah. uh, 
other currencies, which I think are also very weak right now. Well, they, no, they're doing the same thing. You know, they're just printing yeah. money left and right. Uh, Europe's inflation rate is almost the same as ours. Um, th- by the way, do you know what the Taylor Rule uh, predicts? I mean, the Taylor Rule comes up with? No. 11% Fed funds rate. That, How well, about that? That makes sense to me. Jeff Kilberg, last last minute. Jeff Kilberg, you know what I bonds are? Treasury I bonds. Yes. So what's they they go up when the CPI goes up? What's the yield? I think it's ten percent. And that's been the hardest component of any portfolio that we're managing right now. So the fixed income side, we're actually looking more in private credit, Larry. I think you have to understand opportunistic credit where you can get yield. But the rates right now, I don't think this battle is going to end anytime right. soon. But be optimistic. We are seeing long run, long run, midterm election, long run optimism. The, the market up. The cavalry's right. coming. No question. Michael Zanian, Jeff Kilberg. 